0: The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, (laughs) The Counterintuitive Approach to Living a Good Life by Mark Manson. This is a very, very powerful book. I really appreciated it. I've actually read it a few times now, Um, and let's get right into it. So basically, struggle is unavoidable in life, and achieving goals requires perseverance and hard work at the bare minimum. Vague ambitions are actually problematic when it comes to achieving success. When you have no benchmark for success to use for progress, you won't have the push to progress forward in spite of future hardships. So understanding that this is not something that's just um, like just happening to you. This is something that everyone who has achieved success has has had to go through. They've had to develop thick skin. They've had to understand that they need to be pivotable, adaptable and persistent in what they want and really since struggle is unavoidable you should find something that is worth struggling for this is something a lot of people mistake you know they get into a job where they're basically permitting a dichotomy in their life they're trading their time for money hopefully you value your time and you want to put it into something worthful like productive but they settle for the bare minimum as far as a job they you know maybe they work at a restaurant and they don't really care about the restaurant maybe they work in IT department or a customer service center where they're just taking calls and people are getting mad at them all day. Ideally, you can do something called integrating your life. You know, the Amish are very good examples of this. They have a very integrated ap- approach to life. They not only focus on um, having their family around them, but they integrate business, life, love, happiness. The depression rates and the suicide rates in the Amish are literally like... I think it's a quarter of what they are in the modern world, and they don't even have technology. It's very, very interesting to look at. So, if it is not something you are truly determined to receive, you will fall at the face of adversity. And suffering and sacrifice can lead actually to great things. But if you don't have the right values and paradigm, you will struggle to ever find fulfillment and happiness. Example, Disappointment Panda, page 26 through 30. So, When analyzing values, it is vital to invert and identify the all too commonly held shitty values of the masses. Now, this is something that might be a bold statement to some, you know, a lot of people hold shitty values. It's just true. And these are the things that drive you in life. These are the frameworks, the paradigms that you hold that, you know, when analyzing a situation makes you decide one side or the other. And they're very, very important to to understand. And, you know framework for good values basically comes down to have, having these based in reality, having them be beneficial to society, helpful to others, a mutually beneficial agreement. And then lastly, in a, have an immediate control, controllable effect. So some examples of good values would be honesty, humility, and generosity. And although this may seem obvious, you'd be so so surprised how many people just completely disregard this and end up choosing shitty values. Examples would be pleasure or material success. These are permitting a dichotomy in your life, and they don't work as well as you think. You know, a lot too many people um, are focused on getting a Lamborghini or a fancy house, and not focused enough on being passionate about something that they can put all their energy into. Where if if they achieve success in it. Not only will they be fulfilled um, personally, but they will be fulfilled financially. (sighs) Second, victim mentality should be fully eradicated from your life. Realizing that you are in full control and responsibility for your actions sets you free from blame and learned helplessness. And learned helplessness is essentially um, kind of tied in with depression. You know, depression kind of stems from learned helplessness. And one of the things that Martin Seligman lays out is depression is not necessarily the events that happen to you. It's more correlated with your explanatory style. So it's not what happens to you. It's how you react to what happens to you. Two people can be in the exact same situation, have the exact same thing happen to them, but come out. Two different complete ways. One of them could have a positive explanatory style, a more optimistic view, and then the other could have a more pessimistic, a negative style. And based on that, they would come out of the situation differently. One would say, This is temporary. Um, You know, I'm going to pivot, make sure this doesn't happen again, be adaptable. And the other would say, This always happens to me. This is permanent. You know, I might as well not try. And really, that's what leads into learned helplessness. It's our belief that our actions are futile. So no matter how hard you try, no matter how hard you grind, when people believe that their actions are futile, they are in learned helplessness. And this is what you want to eradicate. When our ego is threatened, we often flee. This is Manson's law of avoidance. The tendency to flee at anything that threatens your identity. The way to mitigate this tendency can be found through a lot of Buddhist teachings. Now, this is something, whether you're religious or not, the, there's kind of a concept here that you want to apply, which is the sign of an educated mind is being able to hold an idea, understand it, look at it objectively without fully accepting it. So the sign of an educated mind is being able to uh, hold an idea without fully accepting it. So just stick with me here if you're deeply religious or maybe if you're atheist. This is kind of one of those situations where it's take the best, leave the rest. You don't have to necessarily become a Buddhist, but some of their teachings are very valuable. Kind of as Abraham Lincoln said, learn from everybody, even if it's what not to do. So this teaches that our identity is an illusion. Labels are mental constructs and letting go of the ego can help liberate yourself from constraining self-image. Preparing yourself to question long-held beliefs and insecurities leads to a happier healthier life death is inevitable how we deal with this fact dictates a lot of how we live our lives ernest becker actually wrote a book called the denial of death and presented two fascinating main ideas first humans are terrified of dying and our unique ability among organisms to hypothesize has a lot to do with this and it's, it's kind of that idea that um, Richard Dawkins lays out in his book, The Selfish Gene. Our ability to simulate overt trial and error puts us ahead of organisms that can only learn through overt trial and error. You know, we're conscious. A lot of organisms are just living prime, you know, like animals, for example. Most of them are not, at least as far as we know, are not aware of their own reality. They're not aware of their eventual demise. And the downside this brings is that we can imagine what life would be like after we cease to be. That ties in with his second main idea. Since we know we're doomed to die, we try to create a conceptual self that will live on after death. Basically, we spend our lives seeking out immortality or objects, things that will make us last as our legacy, quote unquote. It is this desire that pushes people to chase fame. And in the end, this desperate urge has more causes stress and anxiety. So knowing this, we must stop striving for immortality, fame, and power. Instead, focusing on the present moment, looking for meaning in the present and seeking to spread happiness and joy where you are. Trying to be all things to everyone all the time just leads to pain. Focus on the things you genuinely enjoy, and everything else is just a distraction. One of my favorite quotes is, very simple and very easy to remember. Diverted attention leads to decay. If you're caring about too many things, if you're um, too invested on what other people think about you, if you're so invested on your self-image, your ego, even if it's subconsciously, which is is for a lot of us, what, what is going on? You know, we might not consciously be thinking, oh, I'm holding up my ego. But at the end of the day, what we're doing is we're focusing on the downside. You know, when you when you focus on ego and self-image, it just is a downward spiral. It's very negative. And the synthesized lesson that I got from this book was constant chasing of fame, money and power just leads to a never ending cycle of stress and unhappiness. letting go of the ego and identity can be very helpful to stop worrying about distractions and start focusing on what you really want to do and care about. This has been The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. And really, not giving a fuck comes down to the principles of this book. That's kind of why he has this bold statement as the title. And I completely agree with the sentiment of this book. I think... Obviously, there are things you should give a fuck about, but there's a lot more things that you shouldn't give a fuck about. So you should care about your main thing. Keep the main thing the main thing. Another great book, if you want to learn how to, you know, do one thing, which is very, very important, is focus on the one thing that will make everything else easier or unnecessary. Let me repeat that. Focus on the one thing to give a fuck about that will make everything else in your life easier or unnecessary. Basically finding the lever and switching it. Instead of trying to play with 10 different levers a day, focus on the one thing. And a great book by that is um, by uh, Gary Keller, which is uh, the owner of Keller Williams, and it's called The One Thing. So thank you very much for listening to this episode. Again, this has been The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. Till next time.